Well, Lord, we do. We, we thank you, God, that we, we have you, that you paid the price, Lord, for each and every one of us today. Thank you for that time of uh, song, of worship, Lord. Uh, we love you. We're glad, God, that we can turn to you. And you're always there. Pray that you're glorified today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, um, I know this seems kind of odd to some of you. You're all sitting in your car. I can assure you it seems odd to all of us standing out here on a stage preaching to a car. But you are in the cars and that's what makes it worthwhile. Amen. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, just a couple of things I forgot to say. Uh, if, if you're watching, know this church that you are all here. If you're watching Facebook Live, we are doing a drive-in church. That's why we're outside today. Behind you on that camera, there's about 30, 40 cars full of people, families that are here. We're all enjoying one another, waving at one another, and uh, we're keeping our, our distance, though, and it's just awesome to see the body of Christ. And Lord willing, uh, if, if they don't shut us down next week and put a lockdown on everybody, we, uh, Lord willing, will be out here again next week. And it does seem to feel really safe, everybody in their car. So if we end up doing it again, you're welcome to join us uh, next week. Also, I want to mention, if you're watching us live on Facebook and you want to give, you can go to our church webpage, uh, www.bridgechurchidaho.com. Click on the Give button if you like to give electronically to help us continue to do things uh, like this. Um, we're glad that we are able to do it and thank you for all the many blessings that many of you continue to do and give for the church. So this morning we are going to be reading from 2 Kings chapter 7 this morning. And also I want to make mention that many people are, are uh, people, believers in the church are are a little dumbfounded by how the churches are not meeting together. And they're, they're claiming Psalm 91, which is an awesome psalm. And it says, many will fall on your left and many will fall on your right, but the Lord will, will be with you. And yes, amen, amen, amen. But also, I want to challenge you to read the book of Proverbs, where it says a man should have a lot of wisdom. Okay, so it's good to have wisdom. We see that even in the Old Testament, when people were sick, God said to, to separate yourselves from those, those people. That's, that's wisdom. And it's wisdom not to be all in one confined place where we're spreading this virus. Because I don't know about you, but your pastor wants this to come to an end. Amen? Amen. I know you're saying amen. Yeah, there's all. All right. So with that being said, we're going to be reading from 2 Kings chapter 7 this morning. While you're turning there, I would like to again remind you to please remain in your cars. So let me say, what a difference, and I know you're all going to agree with me this morning, what a difference a few months, weeks, and days make, right? Life is fragile, isn't it? If anything, you have probably seen that through all these events. Just think, I want you just to think about where we were just a few months ago when we closed out the year at the end of December. The year, uh, the end of 2019. Just think about where we were. The, the economy was thriving. The stock market, the stock market was at an all time high. Jobs were in abundant. People were traveling for the holidays, etc. Great Christmas. It was a, a great year. Just think about where we were just 
a few months ago, a few weeks ago. And look at where we are now. For the most part, life was good for all of us. Now, just a few months later, we find ourselves living in a world of uncertainty. Being asked not to go to work or, work or school. All social gatherings have been canceled. Great concerns over our economy. And most of all, great concerns over our health. As I said a moment ago, what a difference a few months, weeks, and days make. Who knows what tomorrow is going to bring? Just think, last week, the events, the things that have taken place. The locusts in Africa and Asia, if you read some of that. The earthquake in Salt Lake City. Uh, the fires in Australia. All the things that are, that are happening in our time and in our day. This morning, we're going to read a story found in 2 Kings that I believe shows us that we can trust God not only in the good times, but also in the bad. This is important for each of us to grasp this morning. Why? Because it is easy, right? Most of you are going to agree with me this morning. It is easy to trust God in the good times, isn't it? It's easy. But God wants us to trust Him when life gets a little hard as well. It's a little harder to trust Him in the bad when we see everything seemingly crashing down all around us. In terms of what is happening with all the social distancing in place and everyone being asked to stay home as much as possible, one might feel as if we are under siege. Right? Under siege. To, to be under siege simply means, uh, means that an individual, a group of people, or a city, etc. is under a restriction. Any of you feel like you're a little bit restricted, don't honk today. But you can do, you, you feel like you're under siege or under restriction, and rightly so. It is with that definition that one might feel we are under siege. Have no fear. Ha, have no fear. God is with us through the good times and the bad times. Pray with me. Father, I just pray that we would fill and sense your spirit in this place, online, Lord, wherever we are, that we would fill and sense your, your spirit. God, I pause here and I pray. I pray for our world. I pray for our country. I pray for our city, our state. Lord, I pray for those that are sick right now in Jesus' name. I pray that you would bring healing. I pray, Lord, that you would give an answer to what uh, needs to, to take place to stop this pandemic. But Lord, uh, with that being said, I know that you are the answer and we turn to you today that you would provide and work, Lord, in all of our lives. As we turn to your word this morning, I pray that you would encourage, encourage all of us in Jesus name. Amen. So I'm going to set up the text this morning just just a little bit. The city of Samaria that we're going to read about in this scripture, it's an ancient northern capital in the land of Israel. So keep that in mind. It's under rule of Israel, an Israel king. This city is under siege by the, by the Armenians, right? It's a, the Armenian army. What we do, what we don't know is how long the siege has, has taken place other than what is mentioned in 2 Kings chapter 6 verse 25, which reads, there was a great famine in the city. So that tells us the siege had taken place for a long time and all the resources and food had been, been uh, eaten. 
So there was a great famine in the city. The siege lasted so long that a, a donkey's head sold for 80 shekels of silver and a quarter of cab of seed pods for five shekels. And, and we have to assume that that's a lot of money for something that was undesirable because of this siege was so bad. The, the desperate king of Israel decides to strike out at God by executing Elijah the prophet. We're not going to read all that. I'm just setting up the text. So in the great wisdom of the king who's upset what's happening in his city, he decides he's going to strike out a God and have the prophet Elijah killed. That there's wisdom in that. Probably not. So he's going to have this uh, the prophet killed Elijah. So this man goes to kill Elijah. But Elijah tells him this. Elijah pledges. He tells him that the next day, despite the king's lack of faith, he tells him to go and tell the king, because of your lack of faith, he says, the next day the finest of foods will be sold cheaply once again in the starving city. So the very next day he's telling him, this city, the food's going to be abundant and it won't cost hardly anything once again. So the text is set up. Now I'm going to read from 2 Kings chapter 7, verses 3-9. through I'm going to pause in a couple of places. In verse 3, now there were four men. This is all taking place in the city. Now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. They said to each other, why stay here until we die? If we say we'll go into the city, the famine is there. And, if, and, if we, and we will die. And if we stay here, we will die. So let's go over to the camp of the Armenians and surrender. If they spare us, we live. If they kill us, then we die. Now I'm going to pause here and expound just a little bit on what's happening. These four men that are diseased and have leprosy, they are outside. They had nothing to lose at this point. According to the law of Moses, people with this disease, leprosy, were supposed to live outside the city, keeping uh, the disease from the general population. Living near the gate would allow their friends and family to bring food to them. But because of the extreme famine going on in the city, they had no food. And to make matters even worse, they now have an army opposite of them. Talk about being in a pickle. How many of you know what that means, being in a pickle? That's the term they use in baseball when a runner gets stuck between two bases, right? He's in a pickle. They're trying to get him out. These four guys... They're in a tough spot. Nobody's bringing them food out of the city. And behind them is an army that has taken siege of the city. And they really have no place to go. These four were desperate. They were desperate. Let's read on to see what takes place in this desperate time. Verse 5. At dusk, they got up and went to the camp of the Armenians. When they reached the edge of the camp, not a man was there. For the Lord had caused the Armenians to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army so that they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and Egyptian kings to attack us. So they got up and fled in the dusk and abandoned their tents and their horses and donkeys. They left the camp as it was and ran for their lives. The men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp and entered one of the tents. They ate and drank and carried away silver and gold and clothes 
and went off and hid them. They returned and entered another tent and took some things from it and hid them. And verse 9, then they said to each other, we're not doing right. This is a day of good news and we are keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let's go at once and report this to the royal palace. This morning, this morning I want to encourage you if you feel like you are under siege. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you if perhaps you feel like one of these four who had leprosy, who feel hopeless. I want to encourage you. You feel as if there is nowhere to turn. You feel like maybe in, in some sense you're kind of in a pickle. In these seven verses, we can see how we can trust God, not only in good times, but also in bad times as well. I believe there are three points of great hope we can take away from this story this morning that I hope and pray will carry you through this feeling of being under siege in this time of uncertainty. Are you with me this morning? Three points. This is only going to take a few minutes. Please listen and grab on to what I believe God has for us, for His church. To trust God in good times and bad times, we, must, we need to have faith to believe. Here's the first one. We need to have faith to believe in His work. Verse 6 said, For the Lord had cause. So the Lord was working in this situation. For the Lord had cause the Armenians to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army. So they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and the Egyptian kings to attack us. So the Lord creates this, this mighty sound, these things to take place, where this huge army that had laid a whole city under siege to panic and to flee. Because the Lord had cause. The Lord was at work. And we know later, later down in 2 Kings chapter 7, you see that the king, he hears this news and he decides, well, it's a trick. So he, he sends out some chariots. He sends them out to, to come back with the report. And they come back and they report that they found the clothing and equipment scattered along the road as this army fled away uh, with fear and, and flight and they left everything behind. Please hear me this morning. The Lord Jesus is always at work in our lives no matter how hopeless things may seem. He is at work through the circumstances of this pandemic. Like it or not, believe it or not, Jesus is coming back someday soon. This time He will not return as a helpless infant born of a virgin in a lowly manger. This time He will be returning riding a white horse with fire in His eyes, the Bible says. So I believe He is at work waking people up to what really matters in life. We need to have faith that He is at work. Amen, church? We need to have faith that He is at work. How do I know this? How do I know that He's continuing to be at work? Because I have this. I have the Word of God. I have my Bible, right? And I believe the written words in this Bible. I want you to listen to just a few places found in the Bible that shows He is always at work for those who call on His name. Just a few verses, and I pray that as I read these verses, you will see and be encouraged to know that He is at work. Psalm 9, verses 10. Those who know Your name will trust in You. For You, Lord, have never forsaken those 
who seek you. Jeremiah 29.11, a very popular verse many of you know. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. And then we have Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things. Did you hear me? We know that in all things. God works for the good of those who love him. Who have been called according to his purpose. Have faith. Dig deep. Grow in your relationship with Jesus. Trust Him more than ever. Trust that He will. That trust that He is still on the throne, still in control, still working things out according to His will and purpose. Can I get a big honk? Amen. Amen. If you're watching on Facebook, I pray that I didn't blow your eardrums out. Here's the challenge, church. Now, if you find yourself at home and you have a little bit more time on your hands, spend a few minutes every day. The time that you didn't have, now maybe you have the time. Read. Even if you read a small amount, meditate on it and pray. Dig deep. Grow in your faith right now because God is in control. Second point we see. To trust God in good times and bad times, we need to have faith to believe, to believe in His provision. Verse 8, Then the men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp and entered one of the tents. Remember, these guys have nothing. They don't have clean clothes. They don't have any clothes. They have no food. They have nothing. And then it goes on, They ate and drank and carried away silver and gold clothes and went off and hid them. And if that wasn't enough, it says they returned and they did it again. So out of their desperation, they go to the Armenian army to plead for mercy, right? They have no other choice what they can see. So they're going to go to this army and plead for mercy, hoping that they will perhaps feed them only to find that they have gone. Now, I want you just to stop and think about this scene with me. These four guys. They're at the city wall. They're not allowed in the city, which is boarded up. They have nothing to eat. You can't imagine they smell too good. They have a disease. They have no food. These four guys, their plan, their plan is probably the only plan that they really had at the time, is to go to a conquering army for food or death. They, they say, if we get food, we get food. If they kill us, they kill us. How many of you would agree with me? You don't have to honk, but how many of you would agree with me that if God had not been at work moving this army out of, out of this place, these four men with leprosy more than likely would have been put to death? I doubt seriously if this army would have invited them into the camp. Oh, you have leprosy? That's fine. Come on in. Here's a meal. Sit down. Let's eat. We all know what probably would have happened to them. But as we saw, God was working. And now we're seeing that God provides. But when you think about it, that is what desperation does. It causes people to step out and believe in the seemingly impossible. Right? It causes people to step out and believe in the seemingly impossible. Please understand, if you are a born-again disciple of Jesus, you should know that He can and will provide for your needs. Once again, how do I know this? Listen to the words of Jesus found in Matthew chapter 6, 25 and 27. 
Listen to his words. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? I believe sometimes God has to shake us a little bit to remind us. God has to shake us a little bit to remind us that our trust is in Him and not in Walmart or Winco or Smith's or Fred Meyer. Can I get another amen? Put your trust in God. God will provide. God will provide. Have wisdom and plan, but put your trust in God. You just heard the words of Jesus. Third and final point we see from this text. To trust God in good times and bad times, we need to have faith to believe in, uh, to believe in His good news. Pastor Daniel, if I could have you come, that would be great. To trust God in good times and bad times, we need to have faith to believe in His good news. Verse 9, Then they, meaning the four lepers, then they said to each other, We're not doing right. We're not doing right. Understand, church, they could have spent the whole night raiding all those tips and getting all the the goodies and putting them up, right? But they said, we're not doing right. This is a day of good news and we are keeping it to ourselves. Please, please, please hear me this morning. If you can see that God is at work in all circumstances and provides for those who seek and love Him, then you should be like these four who realize, you should be like these four who realize it wasn't right not to share in His blessings. A born again disciple of Jesus, as born again disciples of Jesus, we should all realize that this is a day of good news despite what we see happening in our world. This is perhaps, please hear me this morning, this is perhaps the greatest time up to this point in our God-given history, meaning in the, the life that we're living in our history right now, such a time as this, to share that God is at work through, through this pandemic and that He will provide. The good news is that everyone can share in the, in the plunder that God gives to those who choose to accept His gift. The plunder, the gift is this. The gift is His Son, Jesus, who came and lived among us, who then gave His life for our forgiveness of our sins, and then who rose from the grave conquering death. The gift is eternal life for all who choose this gift of grace. This is news worth shouting from a flatbed trailer on a cold Sunday morning. This is news for each of us to shout from the rooftops to our family, to our friends, and to our neighbors. Understand, now is not the time to be gripped by fear and uncertainty. We may be under siege physically, right? In a physical sense. But in the spiritual sense, we should be alive more than ever before. 
We should not be under siege at all in the spiritual sense, church. Don't hide. Please hear me. Don't hide your spiritual silver and gold. That is what the Lord has done in your life. That's silver and gold, church. That's the testimony of who you were before you met Christ, how you met Jesus, and what Jesus is doing in your life. That's the silver and gold you have right now. Don't take it and hide it like these four did. Don't hoard the living Word, the Holy Spirit that is in you. Don't hoard it, church. Now is the time to share the good news. As I said earlier, I hope and pray that each of you trust God, not only in good times, but in bad times as well. He is at work, and He will provide. Please, please seize this great opportunity to share the good news. This is a day of good news, and we should not keep it to ourselves. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank You for this time. I thank You that we can turn to the Word of God and we can be encouraged. All throughout the history of mankind, we can read and see things that have happened. But God, all throughout the history, we can see how You are still in control and how You use these circumstances, Lord, to draw people to You. Because eternity is what matters right now. Where people will spend eternity is what matters. And Lord, You use all things for Your will and Your purpose. So God, again, we lift those up that are sick and we pray that people won't get sick anymore at all. But I pray right now that we can see the opportunity to share the love of Christ for people that have no hope. So may your spirit be in us. May you embolden us. May you empower us. And Lord, for any of people that can hear my voice that don't know you, I pray they would say this simple prayer. They would say, Lord, I'm sorry for the things I've done against you and against others. Sorry, Lord, I'm a sinner. I I need you and say, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross for me, putting my sin on the cross. Thank you now that I am forgiven. And then please, Jesus, come into my heart now. Make me a co-heir. Seal me with that mark as a born-again disciple of Jesus. We thank you for this time this morning. I pray you would keep everyone safe. In this, in your name, amen.